Hi, and thank you for listening to me introduce the Family Life Christian Center podcast. Whether you're listening because you slept in on Sunday or you're just back for more, we are so glad you're here. We truly believe God is doing great things in the earth through you. Whether it's your family, friends, coworkers, or people you've never met, you are called to touch the lives of those around you. We believe it's our job to empower you to fulfill your highest calling in Christ. So buckle up, because we know God has something special for you right here and now. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. Let's get into the Word, amen? Today is Pentecost Sunday. And uh, I I don't even know if you know what that means. But uh, Pentecost, uh, Penta, uh, that's five, right? Pent, uh, Pent is five, right? Pentagon, right? Well, Pentecost is 50 days from Passover. 50 days from Passover. And at Passover, that's when Jesus got, got sacrificed, right? That's when Jesus died. He was the lamb that took away the sins of the world, the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. Thank God for that. So at Passover, you and I came into salvation, right? But Jesus made a promise. He said, you come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Well, Pentecost, Penta, uh, they count off 50 days and then that's the feast of the ingathering. That's where they gather in the harvest, gather in the crops. Well, that's when you and I become gatherers. That's when you and I become harvesters, okay? And so Jesus promised that he would make you a fisher of men. So 50 days after Passover, they were all gathered together in one place. As a matter of fact, let's go to Acts chapter two, start with verse one, and let's just look at this real quick. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all gathered together in one place. Now, who is they? Well, they is all the, uh, the apostles plus uh, the, the, the women like, uh, you know, Jesus's mother Mary, uh, Mary Magdalene, all these ladies. And then, um, so there's about 120 disciples in that upper room, okay? Now, when Jesus, now 10 days earlier, you know, remember Jesus walked the earth for 40 days after his resurrection, right? So for 40 days, he taught on the kingdom of God after the resurrection. He spoke of the kingdom of God for 40 days. Then, then 10 days, or then he ascended into heaven. But he's told them, he said, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high, okay? So Jesus said, wait, guys. Now, when he, when he launched up into heaven, okay, wouldn't you have loved to have seen that, right? I'll, I'll bet you movies can't do that justice right? I just, what they actually saw with their eyes had to be more glorious than what we could perceive in a movie, right? But Jesus ascended to heaven and uh, there was 500 disciples who saw him do that. He told 500 people, wait in Jerusalem till you're endued with power from on high. And 10 days later, there's only 120. Okay? 10 days later, uh, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Verse two, suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly. There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Okay, verse three. 
Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues or languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Okay, now um, we'll, we'll stop there. But this was a supernatural event. This Pentecost, all right, now we celebrate Christmas like, um, hallelujah, you know, the Savior is born, right? Then, now, now in America, usually that's like the biggest holiday because that's where they make the most money, right? <laughs> true, is that true? That's true. You know, like the, who is the Jewish, the Jewish uh, retailer who's, Favorite hymn was, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. <laughs> that's, where they, that's where they make their money in the year, is at Christmas time, right? But, and then there's Easter. Well, Easter's got to be a more important holiday because that's when the resurrection happened, right? But the time when the church was born was on Pentecost. That's the day the church came into the fullness of what it was called to be. That's the day that the church received the promise. Well, what promise? Well, in John chapter 14, Jesus said that, um, that there was a, he, he was promising that the Holy, he would send us another comforter. He would send us, uh, that, that he wouldn't leave us as orphans, but he would come to us. He would send us a, a paraclete, a helper, someone to come alongside us. And if you were to study out the functions of Jesus while he was on the earth, what he accomplished, and then if you were to write a list of the functions of the Holy Spirit, you would see it's mostly the same. The function of the Holy Spirit in our life and the function of what Jesus did while he was on the earth during his ministry, it matches. Why? Because he was the anointed one and now we are little anointed ones. The word Christian is actually a derogatory term. I don't know if you knew that. But in Antioch, they first started calling Christians Christians, which means little anointed one, like a little Jesus. Or are you just a little Jesus? Yeah, count me in. Yeah, I'm a little anointed one. I didn't get a little Holy Spirit. I got the same Holy Spirit that Jesus got. And the reason Jesus was called the anointed one is because he had the Holy Spirit, okay? He was empowered by the Holy Spirit to perform the functions that God wanted done in the earth. Well, as a born-again believer, if, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are fully equipped, right? Now, Jesus said, you can't pour new wine into an old wineskin. Because if you pour new wine into an old wineskin, now the old wineskin, now most of you probably don't use wineskins. At least probably, I could guess probably at least 90% of you don't use wineskins. <laughs> That's a safe bet right there. But when you pour wine, new wine into a wineskin, a new wineskin, it stretches it. Okay, because of the fermentation, the process of aging of the wine, right? So it stretches out that wineskin. Well, if you were to, after you empty that wineskin out and then you try to pour new wine into that wineskin again, it doesn't have any stretch left in it. Jesus said, it'll burst. Now, 
How do you become a new wineskin? Well, Jesus, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. We could say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new wineskin. Okay? The old is gone. The new has come. All right? You're ready to receive the new wine. Okay? The new wine is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, if you ask anybody who's been baptized with the Holy Spirit for a while, ask them if it has, a, has affected their life. Yeah, it has. It has. Um, Nancy and I were doing a, a women's group out in Geneva for a couple of years, and... Um, uh, we would just share. I would just play my guitar, and then we would share, and then Nancy would pray for him. During that two and a half, three years, whatever, however long we were out there, over 50 women came into the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and the, and the miracles and, and all that that were happening. So one day, Nancy uh, had to go somewhere else with the car, and so I needed to get a ride. So this other woman drove me home. I said, how has this affected your life? She said, in every way and completely. It has affected every single area of my life. This whole baptism of the Holy Spirit has completely overtaken everything. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. This other woman came and uh, I remember the first day that she came to our meeting and um, she said up until that point, uh, well, I just remember she, she seemed real tender and, and she was really hurting. And I remember Nancy and a couple other ladies going and praying for her. Well, she came back two or three weeks later and on that day, Nancy wasn't there. She came back and with just like a, a real solid flood of tears coming down her eyes, she said, I gotta tell you something. She said, I came here the first time a couple weeks ago and the way my life was before I came here is a normal week for me, I had four sick days. She was sick four out of five days of the week. She was only able to go to work one day a week with how bad things were in her life. She said, your wife prayed for me and she took authority over stuff and she said, she cut off stuff all the way back to Adam. <laughs> you know, just breaking off stuff, whatever, anything that's trying to hang on. and. Uh, she said, but I gotta tell you, ever since she prayed for me, I have not had one sick day. And that was two or three weeks out. And she said, every single thing in my life has changed. Now, what could make up for this, such a dramatic change? Well, when you come from darkness to light, that's one thing, getting born again, and you get into the kingdom. But like Will up here, you know, he's, he's laying here just in his mother's arms. He's got his pacifier in, and he's just resting. That's what it's like when you get born again. It's like, okay, I don't know a lot, and that's okay, but I'm being taken care of, and thank God I'm being taken care of. But there comes a time when he wants to empower you, and he wants you to look like a little Jesus or a full-grown one, I don't care. You know, there's enough Holy Ghost to make you, you, you can take this as far as you want to go, okay? 
uh, you know, just so you know, you do have permission to raise the dead. You, you, you do have permission to heal the sick. You have permission to walk on water because Jesus did it, and we're called to imitate our elder brother. Amen. Are we okay with that? Yep, yep. Come on. So in your life, you need to start giving yourself permission to do way more than you have done. But this empowerment that of the Holy Spirit this all came on Pentecost when the, when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Okay? Now, he said, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, I have seen people pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then they wait. And then they wait. Now, what they're waiting for is they're waiting for God to make a decision to baptize them with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. He made a decision to baptize you with the Holy Spirit before the foundation of the earth. The decision was already made back then to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So if he's waiting around and you're still thinking that he's, he's, he has to make up his mind as to when you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're going to speak in tongues and all that stuff, if you're waiting for God to make up his mind, he made his mind up. So when the Holy Spirit was sent into the earth, he's here. He has been poured out. The waiting for was just for that period of 10 days between when Jesus left and then the Holy Spirit came back. Okay? The Holy Spirit had to take Jesus to heaven, get that blood spread on the mercy seat, get the job done. That was the completion of Jesus' task. Okay? But then... Now the Holy Spirit has been sent into the earth and we're living in that age right now. This is the age of the Holy Spirit dwelling in this earth. One guy uh, had a vision and he was taken up into heaven and uh, he was taken into the throne room of God and he was like, okay, there's the Father and there's Jesus. And he said to this angel, he said, where's the Holy Spirit? And the angel's like, he's in the earth. Oh, yeah, he's in the earth. The Holy Spirit is here. He's in the earth. This is the age. You know, if you, were to, if you personally were able to face-to-face -face, uh, do an interview with Moses, Moses, right, or King David, you could make, take your choice, which one you want to talk to, and you were able to interview them and say, which would you prefer would you prefer to live when you did, biblically? Or would you prefer to live in the age where people are actually born again? Their sins are washed away and they're able to be filled with, every, every one of us is able to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I would, if I was a betting man, I would put money on that Moses would say, I'd rather live in the New Testament. I would, David would say, I'd rather live in the New Testament. I would rather live when I could have the absolute fullness of God dwelling in me because I couldn't have that because I was not born again. Do you know David was not born again? Do you know Moses was not born again? There was no such thing as being born again. You and I are the most blessed people who have ever lived, ever lived in the history of the earth, you and I. Now, we can't squander this opportunity we've been given. Am I right? 
We cannot squander this opportunity that we have been given. And boy, we have been given an opportunity. We've been given an opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us. Well, Jesus said, Jesus told us how to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you know he, said, he told us how? He said, listen, if your son asked you for a, a loaf of bread, would you give him a stone? No. If he asked you for a fish, would you give him a serpent? No. Okay. The same way your heavenly father, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you something else. He'll give you what you ask for. So if you ask for the Holy Spirit, God's not going to send a demon. Some people are afraid of that. I will tell you that learning things of the Spirit, I mean, it's like learning how to handle sharp knives. Okay, and it is, right? You can, there, there's things, but guess what? That's why you need to be discipled. But guess what? You, ha you can't eat a really good steak without a knife. Unless it's cooked, you know, just perfectly. Maybe side fork, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but uh, you need to learn how to use sharp knives. What does it take? It takes a little moral character, a little physical skill, right, to be able to use sharp knives, right? It takes a little maturity, right? Then you can be trusted to use a sharp knife. In the same way... When you're born again, you, and once you enter into learning the things of the Spirit, hey, there's some sharp knives here, but guess what? God is good, and he can teach you how to use them, and he can teach you how to stand on guard and be safe as you walk through it. He will lead you through it, okay? Well, you might have a scary dream. What if you have a scary dream? Somebody's had, as I just felt that, somebody just said that. Well, what if, well guess what? That's a spiritual event. If you have a scary dream, that's a spiritual event. You learned how to handle it, okay? Just because you have a dream doesn't mean it's absolutely gonna come to pass. It might be something that, the, that God's letting you see so that you can take authority over it. Amen. That's happened to me many times. I had a dream, and at first I was afraid, and then what happened in the dream happened in real life. I was like, well, that didn't work out so good. Why'd you give me that dream? Then I, as I learned the word of God, he gave me the dream so I could take authority over it and stop it from happening. So then in the future, when I would have a, a scary dream or a negative dream type of thing, then I would take authority over it and stop it from happening. You see what I'm saying? These are skills that you can learn and the Holy Spirit will teach you. But we need, you and I, we all need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, we spend, our, at our church here, we spend our time trying to get you to that middle section there where you're fulfilling your highest calling in Christ. That's our desire for you to be uh, who God called you to be and to, and to become the fullness of what you were created to be. That's what we want, you know? And uh, hopefully that's why you're here, because that's what we're, we're trying to point everything in that direction. Well, let me just say, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
you'll miss the mark. You'll never become. Because what you were created to be was a Christian who is filled with the Holy Spirit of God, who's filled with the wisdom and the knowledge of God, who is morally mature, who is emotionally mature, who can handle the word of God with accuracy and wisdom. This is who you're called to be. You are called to be someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit of God and anointed just like Jesus. That, that is this. You fulfilling your highest calling in Christ, you can't do this without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is critical, that you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the first evidence in the scriptures of someone receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit was they spoke in other tongues. Well, why is that? Well, uh, what is that? Catch a tiger by his tail? What is that? There's an old rhyme. Uh, (laughs) Catch a tiger by, by his toe. Okay, if he hollers, let him go. Okay, something like that. Well, Moses was called to catch a serpent by the tail. Well, unless you're the crocodile hunter, what is it, crocodile, what's that guy? Not crocodile Dundee, what's the, crocodile hunter? Okay, <clears throat> unless you're him, you can't catch a, a serpent by the tail because they'll bite you. Well, he knew how to keep it from biting, all right? You grab its head first. You grab the head of the serpent. You control it. And and in in the book of James, it says your tongue is like uh, an amazing power. It can set a whole forest on fire. What a small spark can set a large forest on fire. So the very first thing the Holy Spirit wants to do is get a hold of your tongue. When in the Tower of Babel, right, when they were building this big tower... Uh, so that they would not be dispersed amongst the earth, throughout the earth. That was man's will that they not be dispersed. Do you know what God's will was? Fill the earth and subdue it. So they were making a plan against God's plan. They didn't want to be dispersed. God did want them to be dispersed amongst the earth. Does that make sense? Okay. So God said, yeah, I don't like this plan. I'm going to come down and confuse their language. So he came down and confused their language and then they were dispersed amongst the earth, right? Do you know that on the day of Pentecost that got healed? Because on the day of Pentecost, they all started speaking in tongues and the whole language barrier was broken, okay? So now we're all back speaking the same thing again. We're speaking in tongues. Now, in case you were wondering, are you one of those crazy guys that speaks in tongues? A hundred percent, probably more than a hundred percent. Yeah, that's me. I do speak in tongues, but I will tell you also over 90% of the miracles that ever happened in my life came as a direct result of me speaking in tongues. I will also tell you that if you've ever heard heard me preach a sermon and you thought, wow, where did he get that? Because I was speaking in tongues. I was spending my time praying in the Holy Ghost. And as you pray in the Holy Ghost, the wisdom comes up. The wisdom rises up from your spirit and it fills your mind. And so I take time and I, I study the scriptures a lot, okay? But uh, as, I, as I pray in the Holy Ghost, the wisdom comes up from the spirit of God. Wisdom and revelation comes up and that's what I need. 
believe me, in my business, I need wisdom and lots of it, okay? We need to turn that faucet on full. Well, that's absolutely true. But I'll tell you this, in your business, you need wisdom too. I was sitting, uh, I, was, I was doing this, some of you haven't heard this, a lot of you have. I, was, I was, used to be doing computer programming and um, I was like, Lord, I, as I was building this database, I saw this information that if you were to print it out, it would probably fill that whole white section there all the way down to the corner here of just a one spreadsheet, probably 10 point font. It would fill that and the way that it was in this database, nobody could make any sense of it. But I knew what was written in that database, in that spreadsheet was information that would make the company millions of dollars if they could see the opportunities. So I said, Lord, you've got to show me, how do I show this to them? So I just, you know what I did? I leaned back in my chair and I started praying in tongues because I knew that the answer to my question was gonna rise up out of my spirit because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. So as I prayed, the wisdom of God came up in my spirit and all of a sudden I saw a picture of a computer screen with four list boxes on it. And um, this was a publishing situation where you had uh, titles of books being published by uh, on an international basis. So many publishing companies, many languages, and many titles and many authors. So I just came up, the Lord showed me this picture of this. So one, one list box was just all authors. The one list box was all the book titles. One list was all the, the languages. One list was all of the international publishers. You click on one, the other three list boxes line up. You click on one language, all the other three would line up with, you know, if you click on French, all of a sudden you'd see all the books that have been published in French. You see what I'm saying? This, this Q&A interface, when I implemented it into the database, a month later I walked into this woman's office and she goes, Joe, with that one form you saved our department. I'm like, yeah, right. She goes, Joe, I'm not kidding. What used to take me four hours, I now get with one click. Where'd that wisdom come from? I told you, I just leaned back in my chair and I started praying in tongues until I got the answer. We, this is a skill you can learn, but it's also something that the Holy Spirit will teach you, but you have to avail yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's what happened to me. When I was about 11 years old, my brother came home from college and he said to my dad, he said, Daddy, you need to get born again. He told him this at the dinner table. Now that didn't go over too well with a Catholic family, you know, and my dad's sitting there. My dad was an unusual Catholic in that he would read the Bible to us on the daily, okay? So, uh, but they talked for three hours and my dad said, I was born again when I was infant baptized. And my brother said, no, you weren't. He said, you have to make that decision for yourself. So they talked for three hours. Well, I'm the 10th of 14 kids. I'm sitting there and I'm listening. I'm in on this conversation. I want to hear every single word. I don't want to miss a bit of it. Everybody else didn't care. They left the table. They did the dishes. I thank God I missed out on the dishes. Maybe that's why I stuck it out. That was probably it. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I never would have met you, Nancy, if I hadn't done that. <laughs> so what happened was um, I gave my life to Jesus. I got born again. 
Two years later, we moved, uh, that was in Akron, Ohio. Two years later, we moved to Pittsburgh. We got to a Catholic church that had a charismatic prayer meeting. Okay? So I started going to the charismatic prayer meeting, right? And uh, people there speaking in tongues and prophesying. It was wild. Here, I'm 13 years old. Well, then they had a thing called the Life in the Spirit Seminar, and I took that. So I went through this whole Life in the Spirit, teaching you all about the, getting the, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then at the end of that, they pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So there's these, all this big group of mostly ladies standing around praying for me. There's a few guys. My brother was there at the time. And they were all watching as they prayed. They were all praying in tongues, watching to see if I would get, you know, if I would speak in tongues. Because that's, scripturally, that's the first, normally the first manifestation of being baptized with the Spirit. And I had a big smile on my face, but nothing else seemed to happen. But a couple days later, I was downstairs in my bedroom. Okay. <clears throat> now, down in my bedroom, I had, you know, there's one light bulb, you know, cinder block walls, right? For two walls, the other two walls were blankets hanging down from the rafters. Okay, you got me? All right. So I'm down there just reading my Bible and praying. I was 13 years old. And then I said, okay, Lord, I'm ready. As soon as I said that, I started speaking in tongues. Just like that. And it was totally, let me say it, let me call it friendly. It was very easy. It flowed so smooth. It was easy. It was so blessed. It was so blessed. And um, so I just prayed in the spirit for a little while, kept praying, kept praying. And then it, you know, just kind of lulled. It came to a lull. Well, you know, the scripture says that in Mark chapter four, that Satan comes immediately to steal the word that was sown into your heart. Right? So Satan comes, so I'm down there in my bedroom by myself. All the rest of the family is at the other end of the house on the upper floor. And all of a sudden, my room is filled with an evil presence. And I'm like, I mean, you know where your hair stands on end? You were, I was really afraid. And I said, Jesus, you've got to save me. That's what I said. Jesus, you've got to save me. And all of a sudden, I saw myself and Jesus standing on a little, um, little sandy stream. And he had his arm around me. And my face was buried in his chest. And he had his other arm up like this. As soon as I saw that, all fear was gone. And somehow, and I didn't, hadn't read this, I don't think, but somehow I knew I was sealed. And I didn't even know what that meant. But I knew it. Somehow something bore witness on the inside of me. This was real, and I had it. Okay? Well, from then on, my life dramatically changed. Unusual favor came on my life. Amazing, amazing, unusual favor that I could get into more. But um, if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's no better day to get started. And it might happen for you immediately. Like usually when my wife prays for somebody, they get it like, bam, immediately. Usually when I pray for people, yeah, it takes a few days and then later, just like it happened for me. The same, you know, the same way it happened for me, that's kind of what I feel. Well, that for her, it's like, no, let's go, come on. Now is a good time, let's go. And so when she prays for people, it, she just leads them right into it and bam, it's amazing. Um, but you don't want to miss this. This is so important. This is so, so, so important. Now, 
if you love coming to church as an observer, um, this will change that. This will move you from an observer to a participant. You will jump in the flow. When you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, you'll step in and say, okay, I'm, this is me now. I'm not just standing back watching. No, I'm in this now. It's time to be in the flow, okay? So if you've never, well, first of all, remember, you can't pour new wine into an old wineskin. So you can't get filled with the Holy Spirit if you're not born again. Pretty simple. So um, when I lead you in a prayer, I'll lead you first to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. And if you've never done that, then you make Jesus the Lord, then you're a new wineskin. You're brand new on the inside. But then you ask him to fill you with the same power that he filled Jesus with. Well, once you're filled with the same power that Jesus is filled with, you can do the same works that Jesus did. Amen? Amen. Without fear. You can do it. Okay? And God will teach you. He'll t- the Holy Spirit is an amazing gentleman. He'll take you step by step and teach you. Because that's what it says. It says he was sent to lead you into all truth. Okay? He will lead you step by step. You know, one more thing I wanted to share is, you know, when I was 13 years old, and I had been playing guitar for two years by that time, but I will tell you that as soon as I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, my guitar playing changed overnight, as if I had been playing for two or three more years, instantly. The Holy Spirit, the anointing came on me in that area. And uh, there is an anointing that God wants to flow through you. And it could be in any area, but he has, uh, he has a blessing in store for you. So don't give up on this, my friends. And don't, don't stay on the sideline. Get in the thick of it. Is that okay? Let's all stand. Nancy, would you come hold my hand here? Let's, uh, let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we release your grace over this entire congregation and every person watching right now. Lord, faith, 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 faith. The Lord says, believe me now. Believe me now. Believe me for greater. Believe me for stronger. Believe me for healthier. Believe me for more, says the Lord. I have so much to bless you with. The Lord says, I have so much to give you, so much to strengthen you with. The Lord says, there's much more. Please receive from me. Faith, faith, faith in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ and wants to have a relationship with us as he guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, please check out our website at www.familylife.cc giving. Or you can text GIVE to 844-955-0993. Thank you for listening and stay blessed.